Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. It's a really difficult thing, and I've been there so I can speak on it. If you're in involved in a relationship with somebody else and, and you're all entangled in that way and there's emotions and feelings, especially if there's been sin and all those sorts of things, it's hard to just undo that. And there's no nice way, there's no neat way. It's just, you just gotta be radical about it. Just undo it. Man, I'm not supposed to be in this. So I'm, I'm getting out of it today. And it's gonna be ugly and there may be arguments and there'll be phone calls and text messages and hangups, and, but I'll be right with Jesus. I'll be right with the Lord. Do whatever it takes to be right with the Lord. Today, you learn from Pastor Bill's message to seek to be in the right relationships with others. If you're currently in a relationship that's not right, turn back to God. Do whatever is needed to end whatever relationship that is not pleasing to the Lord. Pastor Bill understands that it's not always easy to end these relationships, but it's necessary to be right with God. Ask the Lord to help you to do what it takes to die to yourself and live for Him and His purposes. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. So if you meet somebody and you think they're kind of interesting, let me meet them. Right. I'm not going to be weird. I just want to meet him. I want to get the dude saved. And I'm going to look in his eyes. I'm going to pray to God to give me discernment. And if he ain't right, I'm going to smack him out the way. You know, he he wanted to go. You know, next. (laughs) That's not the one, you know, but because it's really difficult once you give your heart away, take it back. So you give your heart to the Lord and let God do the picking. Let God be the one to say, let me I got this for you. And I'm telling you guys. I have seen God do this in people's lives. It's, it is a beautiful thing when people just say, I'm going to wait on God. And then you watch God, what he does for them. I've watched it. I've been a part of it several times. And it's rare, but it's awesome. And so I love you guys. And I'm encouraging you guys, you single people. Man, let God hook you up. I have enough faith to believe that your God is a good God, that he's not cruel. You know, some of y'all, if I honor God, I'll be single till I'm 80. You know, he's not mean. He loves you. You know, go ahead and make use of the period of singleness and then let God let God do it. Let God bring someone into your life um, of his choosing. And so, yeah, so I'm going to harp that and we'll move on from there. So so Boaz, again, you know, he, he noticed that about her. And, you know, God brought them together. And it was a beautiful marriage. Ruth ends up being in the lineage of Jesus Christ, you know. And you look back and think, man, who who went looking? Nobody. Boaz was serving God. Ruth was serving the Lord. And God said, that's, that's I'm, I'm hooking them up. And he just made sure. And Naomi, Naomi noticed, you know, Naomi gave Ruth a little bit of pointers. Once she knew Boaz was interested and he didn't saw her in her scrubs, and her outdoor outfit. You know, Ruth said, now, when they were going to go meet and she said, now, put on your good dress. And put on some of that smell good, you know. So she, she did eventually get done up, you know. But I just want, you know, that wasn't the initial thing that attracted him. And so he was initially attracted to her godly character. And that's really where we want to start. Because as beautiful as someone can be, as handsome as someone can be, beauty and good looks are, they're only, they're only, they only last so long. You know, it's, it's a character of somebody. If you, you, and we all know people that are beautiful people. And... That's something that it grows. You know, a beautiful person is still beautiful at at 80. You love that person. And a marriage is so much deeper than just physical things. You want to love the person. Uh, You could marry somebody that's, you could marry a guy that everybody think is is a most handsome guy or girl that everybody think, and they just ugly individuals. 
ugly people on the inside. And that's why Peter told the women in first Peter three, you know, that God, you know, you want to work on developing not just your outward beauty, but that the, the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which he says are precious in the sight of God. And I don't think the same is I think the same is true for men that we would develop godly character, that that would be the thing that that God would use to attract people. Amen. And so um, he says here, don't seek, don't be out seeking. And I guess I should say this before we leave that point. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving with the Lord. The goal is that we would seek him in the world. If you want something, you got to go get it right. That's the mon- the mentality of the world. Uh, people say, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. That's the mentality of the world. You know, that if I want it, I got to go. I got to do it myself. If I want something, I got to go get it. We're go getters and go doers. And in the kingdom of God is different. Right. God says, hey, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be added. We think, well, if I need these things, I got to go seek those things. But Matthew 6, 33 says, nah, God's God's economy is different. He says, seek me and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that stuff. You seek me first in priority and let me hook up all those things over there. That requires faith. And that's what people don't want to exercise. It requires faith to, now I feel like I, when I get up, I got to grind. I got to go get these things. I got to make it happen. God says, no, what you need to do is spend some time with me. You need to seek me first in my kingdom. Am I right? Let me do all that. Otherwise, you'll be all doing it and you'll be frazzled and worn out. And I could have done it for you. You could have been at peace and at rest and strong in me. And so we, we want to be careful and fight against the mentality of the world in that way. Amen. Amen. Verse uh, 28 now. He says, but even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin, a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh. But I would spare you. And so Paul is saying, look, if, if someone decides to get married, he's not saying they can't. But he's saying you will have trouble in your flesh. Can the married people say amen? amen. All right. So because some single people think that it's all this is what you get married some roses and daffodils. It's all you're going to have some trouble. You're going to this is this is the trouble you can have in your flesh when you get married. And I believe all the married people can attest to that. If you're married and your, your marriage is working out, you're learning how to die to your flesh. Amen. That's it. Men are dying to their flesh to endure at times. A wife who's challenged. Uh, wives are dying to their flesh to endure at times. A husband that's tripping. And it's a it's an ongoing thing where it's like, man, it's, it's and now they're good time. I'm not, I'm not putting down marriage. Marriage is a beautiful thing. I would, I, you know, I want to stumble single. I want to stay that way. Uh, I want to stay married. I, I want to be single. Uh, there are many blessings and benefits to it. But. On both ends, there there will be periods where, you know, your flesh is going to struggle. It's not it's not all rose petals and daffodils. So, you know, part of getting built up on the front end is so you can move into marriage and be ready for that. And so he says, hey, Paul, I would spare you. And he's going to now go into like some of the benefits of being single that single people overlook and miss out on. Verse twenty nine. I say this, brethren, the time is short so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep, those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, and those who buy as, they, as, as though they did not possess, and those who use this world as not misusing it, for the form of the world is passing away. Now, what does he mean there? Those that are married should be as though they're not married. <laughs> some of y'all, I'm, I'm going to clear that one up. So, so y'all will be some of y'all will be out tonight. Somebody, he said, be as though you're not married. So what he's saying is this in terms of your focus on God and your serving of the Lord and your some people get married and have a family and that becomes their God. It becomes their idol. God brought you together to because you have you're supposed to have purpose in God before you get married. Then God brings you a helpmate to help you focus on the purpose. 
And people that get married and don't have a focus on the Lord, don't have a purpose in God, and everything becomes about the family. Uh, the whole, your whole goal in life is to make money to feed my family so we can house my family and keep my family, and that becomes everything. That's wrong. That's a wrong focus. That's you've made your family the idol. Now you can't serve God because, no, nah, I've got all this. I just serve them. That's a wrong focus. What we're supposed to do is a man has a focus, gets a wife who joins him in his focus. They have some kids and they spend some. Now, I'm not as available as I was when I was single. We got to raise these kids up and train them up in the way they show. They're part of my focus. But after a while, the focus is to get all of us moving that way. Like Joshua said, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the goal. That's what a, a man, a spiritual leader, that's that's where we're headed. We're, we're heading toward serving the Lord. We're not getting caught up over here living. That's not that's not everything. It's not about this right here. So he says that those that are married be as though you weren't that that we have. There's a focus. There's something bigger than our marriage that we're called to do. And I hope we're doing it. And so I would say that's all you married folk. There's something you're called to do. And I hope you're doing it as a married people. I hope you're training up your kids to be a part of doing it. And if you're ministering to your wife, that she may participate with you in doing that. But he, that's that's the point of all these things is that, that we wouldn't lose our sense of focus. Those who have things. Um, possess things that, that, that the things aren't possessing you. Um, some people have stuff and instead of possessing their stuff, their stuff possesses them. Well, I can't go do this because I, I got to take care of my stuff. I got to wash my stuff. Uh, there are people that they ain't in church today washing some stuff in their driveway, shining, they, they shining the four wheels on their stuff and their things. There are people that are doing their, you know, many different things. God said, hey, be as though you got a purpose. There's things I want to do in you and with you. And so we want to be about that. Amen. Verse 32, he says, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Now he gives one of the benefits to singleness. If you're single, he says, hey, I want you to be without care. You're without care. If you're single and you're not married and God says, hey, I want I want you to go serve me over there. You can just get up and go. If you're married, you got to say, Hey, babe, I was, I, you know, I, was, I, was, I had the, I feel like the Lord stirring me up to go here and want to talk to you about it. Or if you're a wife, you got to say, well, husband, you know, my, you know, I was, you know, want to go do this over here. And, and husband, no, we got, we got this going on. I need you at home. Take care of the kids, you know, whatever. Um, you're just not as free. That's, that's the reality. And I'm not I'm not putting that down. That's the difference. Um, now, as a married person, you do care. You have to. You have to work on your marriage and work on the kids. You're not as free. And so God says, hey, single folks. I want you to be without care. This is what should be right for you singles. You guys should be leading the charge in terms of serving. Right. Because we're supposed to be without care. I got I got time and opportunity. I'm single. And while I'm single, I'm going to serve God and use my gifts, my ability, everything else. I was thinking about this. You know, we're, we're, we're working on some things with the for the church and we're looking at the thing. We're talking to my wife. And we're like, man, we need I need some tech savvy people. I need some people that are good with tech. And I thought about all the kids. I'm like, man, are you youth? I need y'all. Y'all need to be, y'all single, y'all got time, y'all don't got jobs, y'all got, this. right now is the time for y'all, so I, I, we'll, we'll talk about that next week, but I want to I wanna actually have a time where I, any of you kids, if you're here, you're a youth, and you're tech savvy, and you love Jesus, if you don't love Jesus, then keep sitting, we want, you to, we want you to love Jesus, but if you love the Lord, and you got some tech savvy to you, I need you, I got some jobs for y'all, so things y'all can do, and the thing is, there, that, that single people have opportunity. When I, when I did high school ministry, the guy, I always say he was my favorite assistant. He wasn't the best assistant, but he was single. And so he was my most available assistant. He didn't have a wife and kids. And my other assistants were married, and they were unfaithful to the ministry. They were trying to you know, be faithful to two things, be faithful to work, 
to wife and to kids and help out in the ministry. My single guy was like, hey, I just, you know, when I get off work, I'm coming to the ministry. And when in the summertime, I'll be with you. I'll be every day and every trip I can go. And I was like, man, I love that guy. I just faithful. But after a while, I realized it wasn't that he was more faithful. He was just more available than my married, the married guys that were serving with me. And so I realized, wow, there was a real benefit in, in, in having single servants. And so God says, hey, to you singles, something you guys might be missing out on is your opportunity during your season of singleness to be of service to the Lord in a greater way. It'll end at some point, I'm sure, for most of you. But while single, hey, what are you doing? So I would, I would ask everybody here single, what's up? What are you doing? What are your gifts? How are you helping? How are you serving? What are you doing? There's something for you to do. And the expectation is that you have more opportunity, more time than those who are have wives and kids or husbands and kids. So he says, I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Is that true for you, single people? Is, is that what you're concerned about, how I may please the Lord? And I would say for some single, that's not the case. You, some people are single in God's sight, but you're still trying to please a person. There's some of y'all that are single that are in relationships, like acting like y'all are married. So your concern is not with pleasing the Lord. Your concern is with pleasing yourself and pleasing another person. I would call out anybody here that's single in terms of this. this, and this by that, you're not married. You're not married. You're not in a covenant marriage before God. If you're single and you're in a relationship and it's sexual and it's sinful and it's carnal, um, I would call you out today and say that you need to repent of that. That's not God's will. You can't honor God in that state. You can't. And so God will call you to repent of that. He will call you out of that. Part of calling you to himself would be calling you to him away from that. And so if that be you, come, come out, right? What you're supposed to be able to do as a single person is be, I'm, I'm concerned about serving the Lord, pleasing God. Verse 33, but he who is married cares about the things of the world. It makes married people sound real worldly, you know, cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And uh, But that's part of the reality. If you're married... Married men, take note, right? He's telling you what should be. So if you're a married man, are you concerned with how to please your wife? You should be. That's what Paul said. He said, that's what, he's, that's what a married man is concerned with, how to please his wife. So that's just a tidbit for free for you married men. Are you concerned? Is there thought life, is that part of your thought life, how to please her? It should be. If it isn't, write it down. Put it in your notes. Make it, make it, make it a new thing that you do starting the day. Verse 34. Therefore, it, um, there, I'm sorry, there is a difference between a wife and a virgin the unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, how she may be holy, both in body and spirit. So if you're a single woman, um, you're concerned with how to be holy in body and spirit. You're not giving yourself away. And I don't want to be coarse or harsh, but I want to I, I just need to tell you. Not being holy in your body and giving yourself away just going to leave you single. You might have 10 boyfriends, but you won't attract a husband. Like that. So uh, I know it works out for some people and some people do that and it works out. You're not going to be who God has for you living like that. You want to maintain yourself. Keep yourself to the Lord. And again, if you haven't done that, then this is for you. It's a time to repent of having lived that way and say, you know what? I'm Today, maybe for you, it's a time to recommit yourself to God. I'm not giving myself to anybody else. I'm giving myself to the Lord and I'm going to wait on him. But it says that's what the unmarried woman, she cares about the things of the Lord, how she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. 
And, and again, for your wife, you're supposed to be concerned with how to please your husband. So all the wives, I uh, hope that's on your list. Hope you're working on how to please your husband. And uh, I said it last week, so I won't go all into it again. But every married couple should have that conversation. Um, every husband, you should ask your wife, hey, what, what, how do I need to, what, what, what will please you so I could be doing that? And every, every husband should tell his wife, every wife should tell her husband, y'all need to share that information so y'all could be good at pleasing each other because y'all are what y'all got. Amen? Get good at it. Verse 35. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, uh, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. Paul, I'm not trying to put a leash on you. I'm not trying to bring you into bondage. I really want you to be free to serve God without distraction. That your life could be what God would have it to be. Last chunk of verses here. It says on um, verse 36, but if any man thinks his behavior, he's behaving improperly toward his virgin, if she is past the flower of youth and thus it, uh, it must be, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin. Let them marry. Um, this last portion here, he's really speaking of the, the idea back in these days was there was parents would arrange a wedding, a marriage. So for you kids today, y'all can be thankful. But the way it worked back in, dad would have a daughter. And dad would start putting his eye out. He would know the community. He would know other families. He would say, I like that, that young man right there. He looks like, I, I, I pick him for my daughter. And he'd just let you know when it's time for you to know. And arranged marriages. And some cultures still practice that today. So uh, an arranged marriage, dad prepared it. Dad would bring him home and say, honey, this is him. Y'all getting married. And you'll look at him and say, to him, you know, but uh, or or maybe maybe you would like him, maybe you wouldn't, but that's how it used to go, and that was the norm in their culture. Now, at this time, there were some guys that their daughter was at the age of marriage, and and he was saying, I'm 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 not gonna, I don't want her to get married. Um, and there was controversy there. Rather, it was a you know, is it, is it better to keep her from getting married or allow her to be married? And so, Paul is addressing that here. So. That's not really our culture, but I would say this to sons and daughters. If the people that are most invested in your life, parents, if you have both father and mother, um, you should seek their approval on someone that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. If the people that are most invested in I mean, they've been there since day one, wiping your tail. And they, they've been there since the very beginning and they love the Lord. You know, they're, I, you know, they should be able to sign off on somebody you bring home. Now, some parents can be ridiculous. So I'm challenging the parents that you wouldn't be ridiculous. I've seen parents that you couldn't bring home somebody right enough because you're just not ready to give Junior away. You know, I mean, you just nobody's going to be good enough for Junior. And that, that's that's wrong. But in general, as a kid, as someone that, hey, I I'm, I'm, I'm found someone, I'm interested, you should be able to have dad or mom sign off and say, you know what, I, I met him and I've talked to him and I, I, I agree. You know, you have my blessing. And I think it's still right that we seek our parents' blessings. And um, any young man that's going to ask a girl to marry him that has a, a father, you should go seek her father's blessing. Let him look you in your eyes and shake your hand and talk to you. And it's, it's a scary meeting. I remember doing it with my wife's dad. Um, and my wife, my wife had a dad and three older brothers. And um, yeah, four times, you know, and um, but but, you know, I had the meeting. I went over there, sat down and was all awkward. And, you know, but I, I set it out and, and he knew what I came to ask, you know, gave me his blessing. He told me at Harmony's baby shower. He said, you know, when you came, asked, I wanted to sock you in the mouth when you asked my daughter. <laughs> but but he's real cool. So when I asked him, he didn't say that. He said, well, you know, he's all calm and cool. He, he gave me his blessing. But, uh, but, you know, after after a baby, he said, now nah, I'm going to tell you what I want to do. <laughs> but what he was saying, he said, but now you have a daughter. So one day you're going to know how it felt. <laughs> so, so I might have to sock a man in the mouth, too. So <laughs> or at least feel like it. All right. 
So that's the deal here. They're, they're rather we're giving our, our daughters away um, or not. Verse 37. Nevertheless, he who stands steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will and has so determined in his heart that he will keep his virgin does well. So then he who gives her in marriage does well, but he who does not give her in marriage does better. So what does that mean? So basically, you know, dad says, I'm, I'm going to let my daughter marry. He says, hey, she does. He does well. He says, but someone that says, no, I want to I want her to, to not be married. He says that she does better. He does better. Now, keep it in mind, we got to take the whole counsel. Um, let's say, you know, he decides that, you know, I'm, I'm I, I think that I'm just going to keep her here. Um, if she does not have that gift, um, then it's still true what it says in verse three, that it's better to marry than to burn. But here he says, hey, it's, it's the as they were having this sort of arranged marriage, if the father was in charge, he could say yay, nay. He had that he had that prerogative. And so verse 39, a wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. So uh, this is one of the other places it talks about. We know that, you know, the one cause to, you know, divorce is sexual morality. Well, here it says also if a woman's husband dies, she's also free to remarry in that case. Uh, only in the Lord. She needed to remarry another be- a believer. Verse 40. But he says this. But she is happier if she remains as she is, according to my judgment. And I think I also have the spirit of God. You get the sense from Paul that he prefers singleness. Now, most believe that Paul had been married because he had been a, a person. Uh, he had been a part of the Sanhedrin. And one of the requirements was that you be married. So most believe that he was. Um, that at one point of his life, he was married. And now we don't know when he lost his wife, if she died, if she left him when he got saved. We don't know. But we know that he's been single the whole life, his whole life of Christian service. And Paul says, hey, you know, while we may live in a world that looks real down on singleness, Paul says there's a real benefit that you're able to serve God without distraction. He says, I, I, I would save you the trouble of marriage. Um, there's some challenges and troubles. And he says down here, he says, I, I think you'll be happier. Now, again, for those that are single, you, some of you guys are looking at me like that's, that's what Bible are you reading? You know, you, y'all are, y'all want y'all want to go into the next study. Y'all want this to be over with, you know. But this is the thing: it, it's you need to find the benefit in the season that you're in right now. Again, God has. I, I believe that God has for most people. God has marriage for us, but you want to wait on Him to do it. You don't want to wait on the Lord to do it in a frantic, unsatisfied, discontented way. You want to spend your season of singleness, like Paul said, serving God without distraction. And so maybe you're single and you've been frustrated because God hasn't been your focus. So I'm encouraging you today that today would be a day where you renew. You let your focus. You put God first. Let him begin to be the focus. Find out how you're supposed to be serving him, how you can spend this time better. If you're single and you're involved in relationships that are not God doesn't have for you right now, I challenge you today that you would drop them. Like today, that'd be repentance today that you call somebody today when you leave and say, you know what? We're done. It's a wrap. I love you in the Lord. Get saved, you know, but for some of y'all, that's what it's going to take. It's a really difficult thing. And I've been there so I can speak on it. If you in a involved in a relationship with somebody else and, and you're all entangled in that way and there's emotions and feelings, especially if there's been sin and all those sorts of things, it's hard to just undo that. And there's no nice way. There's no neat way. It's just you just got to be radical about it. Just undo it. Man, I'm not supposed to be in this. So I'm, I'm getting out of it today. 
and it's going to be ugly and there may be arguments and there'll be phone calls and text messages and hang ups and but I'll be right with Jesus. I'll be right with the Lord, which is that, that's the goal for everybody here, that we'd be right with the Lord. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 1 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on media. Or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and location information. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is CalvaryInglewood.org. As we looked into the book of 1 Corinthians, accountability and helping other believers strive for purity and commitment to God are topics that come to the surface. Although these things aren't always fun or easy, they're an incredible blessing to have in your life and in your church. So look to be involved and accountable wherever you're plugged in with other believers. If you notice that this ministry has been a blessing, even when it's convicted your heart in certain ways, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the messages go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Bill again for another edition of A Transforming Word.